Chris, I've got this new uh, this new plan. I know you like plans. Sure. Strip ten kilograms in ten weeks. Plan. Okay. That's sure. possible, isn't it? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've done one off your body. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, off my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> you have a ten kilogram wallet. That's a good place to start. Yeah, at it's least. A, it's a good this is fit as with Neil James and Chris Griffiths. All right, welcome to Fit As, episode four. I was at your place this morning. Okay, how'd it go? I, w- I was really pleased. I d- they call it tessellation. How, on, how in God's name did you manage to squeeze that many machines into one place? It's, it's mad, isn't it? You get lost. In the, um, I, was doing, um, I was doing push, and you've got that little white island. Sure. Just in, in, in front of the... Yeah. And um, that, that, so tight in there, but it's so good, isn't it? I mean, there's about five or six machines in, in one, one area. We've got 70 now. 70 workout <laughs> no stations. Way. If you count, like, you know, a cable column as a station yeah. and so forth, yeah. which it certainly is. Yeah. 70. It's a lot. I could not believe you're 70. If you, if I it's had a TARDIS, to, isn't it? Well, it is, because if I had to guess a number, I'd be saying something like 40. Mm-hmm. 70? Yeah. You can, wow. you can have majority of a workout yeah. and someone has been in there the same amount of time as you yeah. and you only just spot them towards the end. Think, oh, well, I'm do you know that happened exactly this morning? It was, it was reasonably busy this morning. Sure. But um, nobody on my station, so I mm-hmm. was able to do some supersets. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only toward the end where, where somebody else was working in the same area as me. That's great. And it felt felt really good. And we've got about four or five variations of each thing, mm. which is good mm. because angular variation is important. Yeah, yeah. But it also means if someone's on that yeah, and you had it in plan the next alternative is so close or equally as good yeah you can just roll into a different superset or just a different order yeah but you're not lacking on that body part a lot of places I've been on if I'm journeying around briefly they seem to have uh, one of each body part yeah and they've just chosen an angle and that's it oh so that oh you've done it on purpose then of course yeah well, it worked really, really well. So this week we've got, um, it seems apposite actually, we've got free weights versus machines, which we're, which we'll come to in a moment. But uh, Studio at fitas.uk. Right, we'll start with some, um, some email questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um, Petra goes to Pure Gym Stoke. Good idea, by the way. Let us know your gyms. Let's get a footprint going across the UK. Your episode on gym tourism. Hit the nail on the head for me. I have yo-yoed, not just on weight, but also around gyms. I go a lot, then don't go at all. Change my diet, eat well, then fall off the wagon spectacularly. Advice, Chris, please, on sticking a plan and sticking to a gym. Okay. Uh, Let's break it apart. The gym you're going to at the moment isn't very expensive, which might not be a choice, so that's fine. But at the same time, sometimes we see value in line with cost to some degree right yeah i mean they both tell the time but a casio and a rolex are very different things true yeah so you can go to one gym for very cheap and some things might be lacking because of that budget restriction so knowledgeable staff um a tidy and organized culture Mm mm-hmm um, and all of these things in the background can contribute to um, commitment at a place because you feel like you're um, attended to and the knowledge is 
quality that if you implement it you'll see result so then you interact and interaction brings uh, inclusion and they then circulate into community again and so forth so there could be an element of that um but equally you can go to some really expensive gyms can't you some of the big brands Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make you go though does it no just because the decor's nicer and the cafe's neater downstairs for sure which and neither of those things are a gym mm. that, that that's they are departments within a leisure facility so <laughs> you can go to a very expensive building yeah but if you're talking about going to a very expensive gym i would argue it's still probably if the cost is high of the gym alone then the gym will be good okay to some degree, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pay £100 for a large commercial uh, leisure facility, then you're going to have rackets, a swimming pool, mm. a cafe, like you've said. And I'm going to go through a whole load of things. And last on my list is gym, and it's often quite small. If you go to a place that's 100 a month and it's just a gym, that gym's going to be some sort of labyrinth. Will it have 70 machines, though? Oh, it might Ooh. do. It might do. It might, it might have that for just over a third of that cost. <laughs> so going, so I'm going, going back to Petra's question then. Sure, sorry. She yo-yos. Tandem. Yo-yos through life, it seems. Or yo-yos around the gym life. Yes. It seems. Change the diet, eats well, falls off the wagon. What kind of advice there? You'll commit to anything that you see good results from. Yep. Okay, so assess what equipment you have in the gym. Use that to build a plan. Yeah. Um, commit to said plan for a number of months to either find fault in the plan or see success in it if you find fault you can then identify where the faults have come from and change it leading you further towards success or you see success the first time you struck gold and that's great but put a plan together using the equipment that your gym has that's going to take you towards the outcomes you want Mm -hmm. and then nutrition you've got to start anyway i was thinking about this over the um, weekend not not about today just I was thinking about it generally and I have so many conversations where many people start but lots and lots and lots of people don't start and how do you mean by that I'm sorry so they they talk about uh, diets and I mean whatever that word means they talk about their food and they talk about their training and they talk about potential outcomes but that's all it is it's just lots and lots of talking and and there's something that's there's something great and something so something's happened in the last say 10 years more noticeably especially across um today's social media platforms and so forth which is the sharing of much more um study-based um assessment of exercise and food yeah and that's really good if people are interested in it as a topic but i'm still not sure whether it helps many people actually get going because we start fascinating over the very small things and if I talk to a lot of people at own businesses, most of them didn't go to university to do business. No. So, but you could go to college and do something business related, then go to university and do business um, management courses and, and various other things. And then you could come out and start looking at what market um, you know is doing and and where you're demog- and all of these things. And and you have to do them to some degree to start a business, but you don't have to do them all to the very end. And we can all sit around and talk about. You know, what is a calorie worth? Is it really worth, um, you know, what you consume or is it, how does it present in energy? And that's not you just getting on, I don't know, mm. a, a rack and moving some weight. So with the with the food thing, I think people need to stop overthinking it to a degree. 
I just, I need, just I suppose need... that's where the language of macro gets most people, though. And we we've been down this route, sure. you and I, before. And yes, I've, I've looked at the, I've looked at the food diet plan. I thought, oh, yes, there's macros and weighing it out mm-hmm. and understanding what percentage of protein and what yes. percentage of fat. I mean, but you're not suggesting that we come away from that, though. No, that would be. I don't want to contradict everything I always, <laughs> almost always say. What I mean is. Whatever you eat, you're going to be consuming some macro arrangement because every food is divided across a primarily a, a protein, um, a carbohydrate or a fat, right? It, it has all of those elements pretty much always, yep. but they'll be in some priority amount within a food. So whether you choose to note that down or not, you're going to be consuming that. Yeah. And that's what I mean. So do you need to sit down and write that down to begin with? If you if you if you find it better for to do that, then do so. But if it means that by the but you sit down, you start to write that down. You're not quite sure how to finish it. You put it aside and then you don't get up and cook a meal. Mm. Then forget that. Counterproductive. Most definitely. Um, I've kind of strayed off her point a wee bit, but they're such open questions mm. often, and I get these a lot, and and they often come about in conversation like I'm having now, where we start to just look at well. What is it you want as an outcome? Do you want do you want to go into a, a food plan learning specifically about food plans or do you just want to take some body fat off? Because mm. if it's the latter, don't fascinate at the start. Yes, learn that stuff over time because it's going to mean that you can design better plans as the process gets slightly harder because as you get down to more towards single digit numbers of body fat, your body will become uh, more stubborn in giving those up. Mm-hmm. So learn it over time, but you don't have to learn what it will take then at the start. And so for Petra, was it? Yeah, Petra. Just start. Just start writing down what you eat now. Don't write down what you're going to do different. Yeah. Just start. Just eat your normal day and write it down. And at the end of a week, then add it up. Then with the total number of what those calories were across a mean average across your week daily. Take a few percent off yeah. and then do that. You don't need a huge deficit if you're working out because you should make that workout then contribute to the to the deficit. So really, it all depends. Do we answer that? Yeah, I don't even know. But you might answer the next question. Here we go. Studio at fitas.uk. Um, so Adam Miles starting to get the idea. Diet is more than just a little important. Oh, he sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> Some tips, please, for a great breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Very wide question, I know. Maybe just pick out one day, an example. Sure. Okay, start with food you like. Yeah. There's the thing. So um, I talked to a lot of people and was talking about food and training and often like a caveat to them uh, maybe starting something would be, you know, I'm really interested in training stuff. I I understand food. That part I'm I'm good for. Yeah well what is it you're doing with your food I'll ask them and well I eat healthily hope for healthily and that's <laughs> often the comeback immediately mm-hmm. and it's well you, you could eat as you can eat incredibly healthily and not lose weight or put weight on there's a difference between what we think are healthy options and what is a food plan based on strategy where you're going to lose body fat so let's play this game with me then yes um, since I'm doing this 10, 10 kilogram challenge thing. sure 10 weeks 10 kilos yes so breakfast Porridge. Okay. Um, with honey. Sure. Um, 
a, sort of a handful of walnuts and some uh, chia seeds. No, chia seeds for no other reason. I once read a book that said they were important to your life. Sure. I've no idea how important they are. Universal implosion. Okay. Averted. <laughs> Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, I saw them in Waitrose. I figured if Waitrose sell them, they've got to be good for you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so it's not very scientific. No, sure. Yeah, at least you have some sort of method. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we can you know, fascinate over how fault loaded it is later. All right. All right, lunch. Sure. I know it will today be baked potato, mm-hmm. and I know that it will be tuna. And yes. My wife is making it, so I know she'll put some mayo in there. Okay. Um, I've started getting much better on water. Good. And that's See partly that. because of a, well, not partly, um, but 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 equally because I recorded a special recently for for this podcast, which we'll come to in a week or so's time, okay. about the importance of water. So, um, and then tea, I know, is going to be. Um, I bought a whole load of um, spinach yesterday. Okay, um, it was a guy at your gym actually um, who was talking about well, a long time ago about some recipes that he quite likes. And it was uh, spinach and a burger uh, with an egg on it. And I quite like that. All all things that I like. Yes. I am likely to snack. And I know that at some stage during the day, I am going to have a digestive biscuit or two. How's that for a day? Doesn't sound bad. It's... It's very open to the context of any plan, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they're all... And so is this from Adam as well. He's, he's saying, yeah. give me an idea of something yeah. I can eat during the day. And I think he's, very he's expecting you to say, well, have a handful of berries and then do this and then do that. Yeah, and, and I'm aware that that's what the industry thrives on. Mm. Um, in, we see in YouTube all the time. Absolutely. Here's in, your daily diet. People love total upfront commitment. Mm. So in order to get a good diet from someone when someone hears someone talk with total commitment over this is what you should eat at exactly this time of the day that sounds very convincing in the they the natural assumption i assume would be they have based this on experience they've done it many times with others and or themselves Mm. um but things don't work like that um i think I, i mean people are savvy they recognize that if they say with total commitment something then with only one option mm. then let's just say people only have a you know a, an option therefore to do what they've said or not yeah they might get up to 50 percent of their audience if every single person had a 50 50 chance of choosing right mm, yeah. that's a reasonable good yield on when you throw some information out mm. um as opposed to lots and lots and lots of um sort of manipulation of ideas over time that need to warp alongside how the body changes which is yeah. much more where i suppose i sit yeah. um is that a great place if you like those foods it's a great place to start because it means you'll stay consistent on those foods okay often people get very bored or there's two problems i, I see pop up at the start of any diet or early on at least which is the early onset of hunger people's um people aren't familiar with being hungry and accepting hunger people are familiar with hunger how do you mean accepting hunger okay so often let's say you're out at a theme park with your family for some random choice of locations at the weekend right and someone says they're hungry everyone goes into radar mode and then just start looking around like where can we stop what what should and and as soon as someone says i'm hungry it's like well you must eat because you're hungry with a diet it's like you must be hungry and that and you must accept it yeah and and that's the first thing that people come up against. I think is, uh, and uh, they're they're unfamiliar with hunger, and 
the prolonged acceptance of hunger. Right. Uh, next of all is boredom. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, well, you know, I've got I've got diet sorted. I've cut out all the crap. I just think you've cut out all the chances of success in that case then because you're basically left with all the foods that you're not so fond of because mm. you were having all of those other things in order to cut them out. Now, if you're having them by choice, be it subconscious or, or direct, you like them. And then you cut them all out. And then you, you're not just not going to carry on. Now you're hungry and bored. Mm. Now you're not going to carry on. No. So I've always, with myself, I found it, I can always uh, much more readily accept hunger mm-hmm. if boredom isn't a factor. Mm-hmm. And I can accept more easily boredom if hunger isn't a factor. And I, pl- and I apply that to everyone I work with too. It's very difficult, I've found for myself, and I've watched for others m- multiple times. Um, those two in combination is the killer. Yeah, yeah. So if you like those foods that you've got at the moment, stay with them. But you've got to you've got to at some point work out what their values are, mm. because then you're going to make a small adjustment to their amounts. Um, and I don't I, I don't subscribe to the new uh, the, the sort of end of 2018 um, t- the start of 2019 fad is intuitive eating where people are getting uh, a w- they're they're pushing to move away from being so analytical with foods which is um not going to lead anyone to success no if if there is anyone out there who can do intuitive eating it's people that have done measured eating for a very long time and all they're doing is just playing visual dice with what they pretty much know the values are because they've done it for so long nobody can just start off the bat with intuitive eating that's like you know intuitive earnings mm. you don't just roll out of bed and fall on top of a job no. not one that goes anywhere at least um and the same with food so trying to get back to i forget so, his name was adam 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 to answer adam's question about what's good to eat to start with anything you like yeah yeah eat it to the same quantity weigh it. it it doesn't matter whether you are measuring what you weigh i don't mind if you're having ready break and honey just put it on the scales write it down and do those same weights for a fortnight then work out at the end see where you are see how much you've lost i think what he was uh, hoping for was you to, you to say right well you need to you need to eat this in the morning and this at lunchtime and this in the evening some 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 sort of guidelines maybe on i don't know well, what what okay. sort of stuff he eats during the day of no course. well this is the no. problem isn't it and yeah. i don't really know what his goals are or what he weighs yeah. what he likes when you when you email in by the way goals weight that you are now just sure. a little bit more fleshed out information most definitely some, uh, yeah. some personal stats help yes most definitely but quickly to answer yeah i mean if you're working out you're you're using muscle mm-hmm. let's be honest protein and muscle have a good relationship have some try and have some in each meal carbohydrates are really good for energy so have some have some slightly more on the days you need more energy if you're working out or and around the time you're working out. Okay. Maybe have some less on the rest days. And fats are important for a number of things, hormones and, and other, you know, they're, they're precursors to a lot of things and they're important more so than the, the negative press they've got over the last number of decades. So have those two. Um, we need most fats in some quantity. Um, let's just say healthier fats are better to have on a more regular basis to, to okay. larger amounts yeah. and start looking at a uh, pie chart um, of each meal to some varying degree okay. and understand the weight of what you're having whether you want to work out what that value is after the weight at the start or not at some point you're going to have to I know I, I always drift down this long rabbit hole isn't it but I, I don't want to make commitment because there isn't one thing better than the other yeah yeah. 
Did that help? (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's get on to the subject of this week then. This is Fit As with Neil James and Chris Griffiths. All right, so uh, we gave you a choice last time and um, it was uh, free weights versus machines that won out on that choice. And so that is today's topic. Free weights or machines. What is better? What will give you more? What will deliver more? What will you stick to? I don't know. All the different questions that come out of it. Machines. Right. Oh, you're choosing one straight away? Yeah. Okay. Why? Because, um... And you should... Uh, by the way, go go to fitas.uk. Front picture on the website is Chris, okay? Reasonably good body. <laughs> and, 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 you know, most people um, might suggest straight away that you'd be saying, the only way you're going to get definition like that is by putting some real hours in and free weights well definitely real hours over imaginary hours so that's a good start but <laughs> you don't know uh, I, I think machines a lot of the time are better free weights require much more control and often people aren't aware of best how to gain control and contract the target muscle and the movement line and the destination mm-hmm. in order to make that weight communicate best with the muscle they want to affect. So a machine takes care a lot of the time of the stability issue. Mm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's there's something that kind of, I think it popped up around early 90s where machines got this sudden bad rap that they'll that because free weights were assumed to challenge more of the stabilizers in a joint, that machines would actually then undo that, almost like um, people's assumption that a weight belt will weaken your back or core, which is incorrect. And the same with machines. It's not correct. So, yes, they they help on parts of the stabilizing, um, but only in terms of they've created a fixed line. And the reason I like them most is because people are – People are not um, body conscious. They're not. They, we talk a lot about mind muscle connection. Are you hear talked about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it's said everywhere. When you've be- trained me, you've talked about this a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it's become it's become so buzzword that it's lost all meaning, and it's just part now of any sentence mm. to do with movement. Oh, I really got I got good really really good mind muscle connection today in my workout. Hear people say it. Mm. I don't, I don't even now know what it means because it's so open to interpretation that they could mean anything by it. So take um, take a dumbbell bench press, for example. Okay, There is a whole load of muscles that can assist with the line of that weight going in and up towards where the chest would benefit. Yeah. And there's many, many potentials for it to sit more heavily to the triceps or to the shoulders and away from the chest and you have to have a really good understanding of how to contract the target muscle and hold it to the most contraction that it it captures its uh, share options within that weight more than the others but also use the others in a control and uh, dictating the line using them to assist the primary muscle god i don't know if that makes sense to people but basically there's a lot of scope for error the machine removes a lot of that scope of error. Um, you can push yourself back hard into a machine. Yeah. You can ground yourself. You can create pressure and stability much easier. 
And with all of those variables taken care of and supported to some degree, you've got a much better chance with less challenge in squeezing the primary muscle, the target muscle, and getting it to operate better. Once you start feeling that muscle working better, now you're building a mind-muscle connection, as in your awareness of the muscle, the control over it, and the feeling from your mind to the muscle. Are right? you less likely to injure yourself as well? I think so. In that respect. Lot, yeah. yeah, as long as you don't then get too cocksure with that process and start... Because you, you might try to push more weight. There is that, of course. But, uh, come on, like, mm. how many times have you seen that on a whole host of different exercises, whether it's dumbbells, cables, barbells, yeah. whatever, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's, an, that's an industry-wide issue. Mm. that transcends all weight Mm. that isn't um limited to only machines yeah but certainly the machines make connection to the target muscle much easier for someone end of story and once you've got that control you're taking something already known to a good degree to then a harder challenge the 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 thing i used to encounter a lot with other coaches when i worked across the industry building up to around now um, on route, they would be building training plans for people that started on the free weights because you would get stability, inverted comments, and, and then you would take that. And mm. if you were tired at the end, you might jump on some machines. But, I mean, you know, it looked like they were returning to a street dance class that they hadn't been to in 20 years <laughs> working out like the the wild movements on these the uncontrolled and it doesn't necessarily say, i'm not saying that they were you know negligent necessarily but you know, these people aren't flailing around um without observation but you could see if you do have a trained eye and you know what muscles do what and where the line needs to be controlled within to get that muscle working you could see where they weren't going to succeed mm. using the free weights and the cables because it was most of the time the body just wants to sort of circumvent that challenge because it doesn't like loading up peak contractions in any single place that's why we have asymmetries and that's why we have mm. multiple movement angles so that we can constantly pass the parcel with any tension and stress um a slight tangent but when you watch people bench sometimes then the natural thing for them to do because of the partly because of the line of the fibres in the chest, will push the barbell up. Uh, yeah, so they're on a barbell bench. Yep. Push barbell up, and as it get uh, at a heavier weight, most people then start to sort of push forward and up. So it's going up and towards the hip end of the body. So it's going down. Diagonally forward. A- outwards. Yes. Towards the, the lower half uh-huh. of the body. Yeah. Yep. Think about this. We made reps up. And we made sets up. That's not a natural thing. Mm. Gyms are very unnatural places. They're brilliant places, but they're not. We're the only animal that go to them. <laughs> like, yes. go out into the wild and imagine anything doing a rep and set. So, if I don't know a boulder or a bear or another caveman jumped on you, or you just needed to get something off, the thing would be to push away and forward, wouldn't it? Mm. Push that off you mm. for one event. You'd never think, oh, this boulder's here now. Start pumping. (laughs) (laughs) And so you've got to remember that the body has a a natural inbuilt desire just to survive. And it doesn't, just because you know your intention is to do reps, it doesn't really pick up on that. Even if you've done them for a long time, it's still, when you you watch anybody get, you know, up to their uh, max end of challenge, 
these sort of natural things occur. Put it this way, it's not going up and back towards where if they failed it would fall on their head. No. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that doesn't happen to a machine. No. And you want to stay in the chest because you're here to do chest today. Yeah. And you don't yet have the strength and the control in the chest necessarily to be able to manage the the free weights and the cables away from doing that when you get tired. So this mind-body connection yeah. thing, which makes sense when you're training it, because um, I've had you sort of tap me on the particular muscles that I right. should be feeling. I'm thinking, yep. oh, I would never have... I wouldn't have been thinking that that was actually pushing in this in, sure. in this exercise. There you go. That's the advantage of obviously of having personal training. Indeed. Um, but the machines take that away from you slightly. You're saying that, that you you they're kind of you're not having to think so much about that. That's no, not, that's no, not no. what you're saying. No, you still you still want to think about that. And having the machine and somebody mm. uh, kind of interact with those peripheral nerves helps more. Mm. What I'm saying is the machine takes away it. It removes such the possibility that you can lose all direction and connection with that muscle and end up training things that are totally out of the MO of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So you could you could really build your entire routine through the machines and not go through not go near a free weight and you'd be as successful. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on. It, it makes it yeah depending know. on how many machines you've got because <laughs> yeah. I mean they're, they're going to have some fixed machines. line aren't they to some degree yeah, 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 whether yeah. they're you know whether they have a, a dual axis or they're converging to some degree or or they're ISO or yeah. they're yeah. combined I mean there's a lot of different ways that the machines can move yeah, yeah. but they're still fixed to some degree of you know they're, they're held in a linear line to some degree yeah. but a, a challenge and stimulus on the muscle creates change in the muscle if you're doing a press, you're pushing forward with your body against a machine or a dumbbell. Yep. If you're sticking to the set line that you wanted in your chest so that they looked similar enough, d- does does the body really know what's what the difference is? True. It just knows stimulus. It knows challenge on a muscle. If you can get the chest to operate in a barbell, a dumbbell, or a machine, the chest is operating. If you put that resistance to a degree enough that the chest has to find itself really challenged and hold itself to a, a line where otherwise it would want to slack off and refer it and you don't and you capture it and you don't let it, it's become it's you've got stimulus to that chest muscle regardless. It's gonna change. Well, I must admit there was a different answer to the one I thought you were gonna give. <laughs> um, but but that's that's the that's the whole thing about this. Right. That's the end for this week. Next week you've got a choice. Okay, perfect time of day for workout, everything in moderation. Ooh, food topic. Or you'll like this one, the rise of bullshit. Why so many new methods arrive on the scene almost daily, and do they ever work? I can't believe I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect time of day for workout, everything in moderation, that's a food topic. Or the rise of bullshit. Why so many new methods arrive on the scene almost daily, and do they ever work? What's it going to be? Let's go with the latter. The rise. That's right. Why so many new methods arrive on the scene almost daily, and do they ever work? In the meantime, get your questions in, studio at fitas.uk, studio at fitas.uk, and tell us a bit more about what your end goals are going to be. Thanks, Chris. See you next week. Cheers. Studio at fitas.uk.